0: Aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Today, we are going to talk about rebuilding. We're going to rebuild. We're going to come back. We're going to make something happen for ourselves. And we're going to talk about having faith over fear because there's a lot of fear out there right now. And I'm not buying it right now, guys. I'm not buying it. I want to have faith over fear. And my guest today is going to help us do that. So let's get right into it. If you want more info on the show, go to thewarriormoms.co and click on that podcast link. And if you like the podcast, remember, leave us a review. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have a new sponsor and it is so good. It makes me tear up. That's right. Mrs. Chips Cookies. Now I am not one for sweets in general, but let me just say, these cookies are out of this world. If you are searching for the perfect cookie, search no more. Mrs. Chips Chocolate Chip Cookies, that's my favorite one she has. They have a crisp outside and the perfect chewy center. And each chocolate chip cookie is individually wrapped and hand topped with French sea salt. It is so decadent and so delicious. It makes the perfect gift too. It comes in this little black and white striped box and it says Mrs. Chips cookies on the outside. It is fabulous. You can also get a combination box. I like to order that one with s'mores cookies or sprinkle cookies. And the chocolate chip with French sea salt cookie, which is to die for. Guys, I my kids love these. I love them. They are my favorite cookies by far. And I have to tell you, once you've had one of hers, you're kind of ruined. You can't have another one. Don't forget to use code WARRIOR10 for your 10% off. So go to mrschipscookies.com and order your cookies today. They're the best. My guest on the show today is Natasha Hemingway. I met Natasha at a women's empowerment event I hosted through the Warrior Moms and with Tiffany Smiley of More Than Me. I was immediately drawn to her no nonsense, positive business approach. She so she just loves women. You could just like literally exudes out of her. Bones. She loves women that much. Natasha is a sales coach and a speaker. She helps female entrepreneurs master their authentic sales process, achieve meaningful success, and maximize their sales wins by bringing the heart, not the hustle. Like most warrior women, Natasha's journey to this career has not been easy. A tragic loss upended her idea of what being a successful woman really meant, truly meant, and what work life balance. Really meant. I'm thrilled to have her share her story with us today. I just love her, Natasha. Welcome to the show. Hey, ladies! Hi, I'm babe.
1: So Excited to be here.
0: And you guys don't even know this, but I could. I always do a video when I do these podcasts, just because. I, I mean, yes. now more than ever, I need to see her cute face because she her face is the cutest <laughs> face I've ever seen. I need to see her cute face, but we almost couldn't see her cute face, or I couldn't see her cute face. And she couldn't see my face because we had video problems, but she helped me through it. She coached me.
1: Through we are the- better together, girl.
0: <laughs> We're better together. We coach- yes. You coached me through that problem.
1: <laughs> we got it. There's nothing that we cannot accomplish as women, okay?
0: I mean, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. All right, Natasha, you You're are welcome. literally one of the most motivated and optimistic women I've ever even met. Is this something that you've just always had in your back pocket or is this something you're kind of actively work on so that you can be this person?
1: That's such a good question. Okay. So I think I'm naturally wired that way, right? However, um, I'm human. I feel all the feels, but I just choose to feel all the feels, recognize it, process it, drop it off and move on. So I think naturally, I've always been a people person, a connector. I love people and I love to make people feel good um, or have good conversation, whatever it is. So I think naturally I'm wired that way. But I think as we get older and we face things that challenge us and challenge how we see life or how we see people. And so it takes constant work, right? But I think naturally, I'm just, I'm just wired that way but I'm not perfect though. Let's be real.
0: I mean, yes, we all have our days and, you know, just pandemics that, you know, just might get us down. I'm just saying. Um, Exactly. So so take (laughs) take us through your career path before you were a coach, because I know you had a crazy demanding career before you, I mean, you have demanding career
1: now, but it was on another level back then. Oh for sure. So okay, my story. Where do we start? Let's start back in the fact that number 1, graduated from college with a biology degree and I'll tell you why that comes into point, into play later because I get kind of nerdy and excited about talking about the brain and mindset <laughs> and all that. So we'll get no, to that I like later. That. Yes. And then I spent 16 years in sales. So pharmaceutical sales for eight years, medical device sales for eight years. And I knew coming out of college is I was like, I cannot go work in anybody's lab. My plan of going to med school, I was like, no, we're not doing that either because I can't be locked up in school anymore. (laughs) And then, so I came over into medical sales and it was exactly the perfect fit for me because it combined two of my loves, one, biology, the science, the body, and then two, my desire to be around people and help people and support people. And that's what I was able to do through medical sales. And so right about around 2013, we were in, um, I was still in my job. My husband was still working. We both were in sales and we had had our first baby, and then unfortunately we ended up losing him, um, in 2013, he was full term and we ended up losing him shortly after. Oh my God. And yeah, that, um, completely upended us. Um, we were blindsided by that, not expecting it kind of really rocked us. Yes. Um, but then we got pregnant shortly after that. So I was in this limbo of grief, but then yet excitement, but then also nervousness. Yeah, scared. Yeah. Absolutely. The fear that comes with that throughout a whole pregnancy. And it was also the fear of like, I don't have to just make it to a certain amount of months and then feel like I get past something. Like I need to make it all the way full term, deliver this baby. And then like, what does that look like? So it's always something I'm having to process and work through. Um, And then in 2015, around 2016, I would say what started moving forward is that After we had our first son and then we had our second son, it really shifted and pivoted how I thought about life, what I saw as what success meant, um, how I wanted to honor my first son's life. Because I'll tell you honestly, Liz, I'm very transparent about this. There was a time shortly after we lost our first son. That I was just having thoughts that I'm like, I just don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't know how I'm going to survive past the next hour, the, the next minute.
0: No, I and- think that's every mother's greatest fear on oh. the earth is to lose your child. Like you literally go, you would do anything to yourself before- it breaks me up to think about it. It's terrible. I, I, I'm just so amazed that you lived through this experience.
1: My gosh. Let me tell you, it is my faith that keeps me anchored. It is, I tell people, I'm like, listen, don't think it's me. It's my faith. If I did not have my faith to anchor me and root me in truth, I would not be on this planet. Um, because like I said, I'm human, right? And I don't care how much positive attitude you have. No, you can get positive all-
0: your way all around on, on that one for sure.
1: Yeah. But immediately though, Liz, when I started having those thoughts, I was like, oh, I need help. Because I'm like, this is not normal me. And so I need help. And so I got myself in grievance counseling immediately. Oh, bravo. Um, Yeah. I went by myself because my husband wasn't ready, but I went by myself because I knew I needed that help. And so I got myself in grievance counseling and therapy and just started working my way through it. And then again, pop up, whoop, here we're pregnant. <laughs> so a shifting a of emotion. Pivot. What a pivot that is. Let me tell you. I mean, <laughs> it's like you're split really, right? So you're grieving, but then you're really cautious, fearful, um, but also trying to be optimistic because I'm also, what I told myself is I'm like, I have a responsibility and a duty. My attitude, my mindset, my mental health, my... Yeah exercising my physical, like I still have to give this baby the best chance. Like I did the first time. And as a parent, I think as women, we all have that in us where we just come to points where it's like, okay, you got to rise up. You know, you have to rise up. This isn't about you. This is about your baby. And so that was kind of the attitude that I took on in the approach is like, let's, let's get in this, right. Let's get focused. Let's get in this. Let's take care of my body, this baby, my well being. And so we had our Second son, and he's now five.
0: Oh my God. Um,
1: He's our world. And then, you know, in the whole career, right? Because in medical, once I left pharmaceutical sales and I moved into medical device sales, it was uber demanding, like very high um, turnover because it's a very high performance type job. So you have quotas, expectations, numbers to hit, weekly numbers, daily numbers, monthly numbers, quarterly, yearly, all this stuff. So it's very high end. I loved it because I was able to help people um, with the disease state that I sat in or that lane. And then the product that I had, it was changing people's lives. And so that's what drove me is that ability to change. Believed in
0: it. Believed yeah. in your product. So that helped you kind of stay in the game. Yeah.
1: 1000%. I'm a firm believer you cannot sell anything that your heart is not connected to. If you're not passionate about it, you need to leave it alone because it right shows on. up. Right on. But we're not going to go into sales coaching right now. <laughs> but no, but we I, may later. I don't know. Right. Right. But I was uber passionate about it. So I'm like, this is what kept me going. So in 2016, I had started working towards a promotion, actually 2014, started working towards a promotion that takes two years to get. You have to be vetted, checked off from VP, regional director, all these things. And I end up in 2016, getting the promotion and I got promoted to, and I was the only African-American senior territory sales manager across the country, across the division. And I don't say that you guys, to so like brag. No, that's fabulous. <laughs> thank you. I say it because one, it's kind of sad. Um, being that it was that small of minorities being in that position. But then also number two, quickly, the reason why I say that and the magnitude of this, you guys, is because about four or five months later, I found myself getting pushed out of my job. And so- Oh,
0: so you got the brass ring, the only one they're giving an African-American person on the earth. And then they tell you, oh, your ring means nothing. Bye. Throw it away. Bye. Yeah. Oh, girl.
1: Yeah. So I say that to explain to you guys, like I said, not that I'm bragging, but how fleeting it is and how devastating it was for me, you guys. And this is what like pushed me over the edge because in 2014, like I said, I started thinking about how I live my life, how I want to live my life, what success meant to me, how I want to honor my son. And I remember being on a vacation in between us being pregnant with babies um, and I remember saying to my my husband on our way back, we had lost our son. And I'm like, I know I want to do my own thing. I know I'm made for greater. I know I'm called for more, but I don't know what that thing is. And I remember him in the airport trying to like reverse engineer me into it. And I was like, <laughs> literally, we're like trying to process and think. And, and I was like, I just love people. And he was like, boo, that is not a job. That is not a business. (laughs) (laughs) Loving people is a job. I do it every day. (laughs) Come on. I'm like, he's like, babe, that's not a business. You cannot be an entrepreneur just saying, I love people and now I'm gonna go create a business around it. And so it was funny. We laughed and I just kind of went back doing the same thing, Liz. I stopped seeking that call that was like tapping me on my shoulder. I just kind of ignored it, went on doing the thing. And then I believe now when I look back, it was like, oh, okay. God was like, oh, you're not listening? You're not paying attention to me? I'm going to send yeah. the Mack truck. Boom, Liz. That. And I believe that Mack truck was me being pushed out of that job. The timing of it, everything. And so at that point, once I was pushed out of my job, we made a decision. Because Liz, every time that I would think about going to... I wasn't even on LinkedIn. Hadn't updated my resume since like 2008 had no intentions of going anywhere else. Right. And so every time I went to even update my resume or get on LinkedIn or think about applying for a job, I would, you know, how when you know something in your gut is just not right, yes. where it will physically manifest itself out. Like my gut, I would, I would like cry. I would be so like sick, grief stricken cry. I'd be sick to my stomach. And my husband was like, what are you not recognizing? He was like, Maybe this is God saying, do you trust me? He's like, it doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look. Right. He's like, but this is your leap. He's like, and if you want to do it, I'm for it. He's like, but now's the time. Are you going to do it? Are you not? And Liz, you talking about being called out? I was like, okay, (laughs) we got a decision to make here because Liz back in... I forget what year it was, but I'd started doing health coaching on the side while I was working full-time because again, well, I didn't mention this, but I'm a former gymnast, a former competitive gymnast. So I've always been active, love exercising, again, wanting to help people on their health journey. So I started pursuing this career on this side and I was like, I'm going to build this. I remember saying this, I'm going to build this business so I can retire myself from corporate.
0: So you already kind of had that idea in your mind, I must say, because yes. you, as much as you're not leaving, you're not on LinkedIn. You were you were side hustling, oh, and for physical sure. body was like, "Not today, Satan! You're not staying in that dumb job. I'm going to burn that boat. You can't even get off the island. Goodbye." Correct.
1: Yes, spot on, Liz. Spot on, Liz. And so my husband was like, "Listen, you've been saying you want to build this thing." give it a year. Let's give it a year. We call our financial planner, talk to him about it. I clearly had to make a decision, either stay stuck in fear and go back to a corporate job, making lots of money. I will say that. Or take the leap, take the leap, jump out literally on faith and try to build this thing. Prayed about it. Talked to our financial advisor, gave it a year, said we would give it a year, took the leap, went after it. Nine months in, Liz, I'm like, oh snap. (laughs) <laughs> this is working. This isn't it. Oh, I got no. pra- prayed about it, got confirmation, talked about it, all the things. And I'm like, I'm going in, Liz, like hard. I am hustling. I'm grinding. I'm working this thing more than a nine to five. Because I'm like, I want to know that if this doesn't work, when we look at a year later, that I've done everything that I can to make this work. I have left nothing on the table right. and I'll be so sure that, okay, this isn't it or it is it to keep going forward. Get nine months in, and I coming from a sales background, I know all about sales forecasting, having 30, 60, 90 day plans you name it, I know it. Got nine months in, I was like, Oh, this isn't it. Nope, nope. Ooh. And then again, left with a decision what are you going to do? Go back to corporate, or are you going to continue to take a leap of faith? And I remember saying to my husband, Oh gosh, what am I going to do now? I had to go back to corporate. And of course, I was like, anxious. I was freaking out. I was like, I can't, I don't want to go back. I know I'm not supposed well, to be you've had there. a taste
0: of freedom too, by the way.
1: Oh, come on. Yeah. And I'll never forget by being connected to one of my former gymnast friends who happened to live here in the same city as me, we had reconnected through health, through me health coaching. And we started meeting like once a month at Starbucks after we put our kids to bed. So
0: this is called an accountability partner. Come on. Yeah. Everybody needs crazy. one. By the way, talk to mine this morning. Anita, shout yeah.
1: out. Hello. Yeah. It's the people that know you, that are wise, that you can trust, that will tell you the truth. And they're not going to call you out, but they're going to call you up. Call right?
0: you up. They're not going to call you out. I'm writing that down. I love that.
1: Yes. 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 It's, I call it seeking wise counsel because everybody's not wise counsel, Liz. True. But you know, we're so quick as women. Sometimes it just, blah. And then we get upset and frustrated when that person's not able to reciprocate and help us when we need it. Was well, the wrong person. You're talking to the wrong people.
0: No, and you know what? I, I say this all the time. I mm. I believe in having a board, a board of directors. Yeah. These, oh, that's people, good these people should be the same people that you would give a director over whether you pulled the plug on your life or not. Wow. So if you think you're not going to let anybody in the room who doesn't right. love and care for you, want the best for you, see the future for you, know yes. your life. I, I don't let anybody on that board that I wouldn't let in that room making a medical decision if for some reason my husband or my kids were not able to. like That's the right. level I take that on. I don't that's take certainly. advice from just a person who's nice or seems okay or is in my field. I don't do that. I take it from people who I know have my back and yeah. have some knowledge on the subject too, doesn't, that doesn't hurt.
1: Yeah. That is so good, Liz. I love that. I, I'm going to use that and share sure. it. Take it. But I call it seeking wise counsel, but I think that brings it even more to the forefront of your mind when you can visualize something like that. So, yeah. but yeah, that's what she was for me. Um, but on a faith level, mm-hmm. on a, um, life level, business decision level mindset. It was all those things. She was there in that season, her and another childhood friend that I grew up with. Um, and so I remember going to her and I was freaking out nine months in, I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And she's my prayer partner too. She's my spiritual guidance. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm freaking out. I'm going to have to get it. And she asked me two life-shifting, game-changing questions. She was like, number one, she was like, Are you playing God that small because the thing that you chose to take a leap on and that he gave you confirmation on didn't work out? Are you playing him that small? Do you not still believe in him? Right. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Touche. Touche, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. I was just honest. I'm like, yes, I'm playing him that small. Yeah, yeah. I'm upset. I don't believe. I can't believe he led me here. He dropped me off here. He gave me confirmation. And now what? And she said, okay. So she's like, you mean to tell me because this thing didn't work out, that it's the only thing that he created you to be good at was health coaching or being a medical sales rep? That's it? Your life is done. That's it. And I said, no. She said, exactly. Now go pray about it. And I was like, wait, no, give me the answer. Give me more. (laughs) No, you need to sit and you need to go pray about it. You need to seek and sit. I remember leaving from that Liz and literally... I, I know exactly where I was on the highway, driving the steering wheel, and I heard the word surrender drop into my spirit. And Liz, surrender really doesn't work for me, friends.
0: Oh, girl! I don't, I don't, I don't play surrender well. We, <laughs> the, the, the people who are like you and me, and I group myself with you. Just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm leveling up just to put myself with you. But let me just say, Come on, Liz, uh, whatever. The people, the people who are just go getters and pushing, pushing, and pushing are not good at the surrender part.
1: No, no. No, listen, let me expose myself. I'm an Enneagram two wing, which is the helper. So Uh no surprise that I love to help people, community connection, coaching, all my things. But also my wings run neck and neck. So I'm a wing three, wing one. And so my wing three is just as close as my wing one. My wing three is an achiever. And then my wing one is the type A perfectionist, all that. And that bad boy is always... Trump in the wing three. And so yes, <laughs> my personality, I, it's just not for me. Like I like to have a plan. I love certainty. i like to know where we're headed. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. Yes. And so I got hit with that and it was surrender. And y'all I'll tell you this much, it came to me, that word came to me in a matter of that night until the next day, two more times. So I got that word three times through different ways. One was when I was driving home and it dropped to my spirit. Two, when I got home, I was scrolling in Facebook, saw a message pop up. The message was on what? Surrender. Mm. Three, one of my other trusted childhood best friends sent me a like sermon message and it was on what? Surrender. Surrender.
0: Mm. But
1: then the last one was, and I hadn't even talked to her since that night before. And the last one was on, it's not only good enough to surrender, but you have to be willing to obey. Girl. I was like, Liz, I don't do well either. (laughs) Right. I don't obey anything. Right. I literally (laughs) took my hands off the wheel and I was like, okay, okay. I hear you. I'm going to do this, but you better show up. This is exactly how I talked to guys. You're telling me this. You better show up because I need you. And I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm good at anymore. I don't know um, what I'm going to do in my future. I feel like I'm sinking. I feel like I'm by myself in this sea. Show up. Right show up. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to be obedient, but you better show up. (laughs) Yeah. Hello. Hello. And so I sat for like four months straight in surrender and literally in surrender, not touching that other business, not doing anything with it, just being obedient. And then came a speaker coaching program. I got, I applied to it, got accepted into it, fell in love with it, worked it, started speaking internationally in Canada and the U S all those things And then I kept finding women that would keep showing up after I spoke because I would pray to God. I'm like, let me know that I'm in the right space, that I'm doing what you want me to do, right? That I'm in the right space. And I was like, just show me the one, just show me just one woman that has been touched. Even if I'm in a room of 250 or 500, I don't care. Show me the one. That's my confirmation, right? Yes. And then it'll be one woman that will show up and she'd be in tears. Or that might be five women that want to chat with me afterwards or just have conversations, just stuff like that. I and I'm like, okay. What I,
0: that I'm reaching people. Show me that people yes. are affected by what I'm saying. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Give me confirmation. Because remember y'all, I like certainty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think we all do. God bless. Right?
1: And so I'm like, just show me signs, show me signs. And it kept happening. And then women were asking me, oh, well, how can I stay in touch with you? Or do you... <laughs> do you do calls with people? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't know how you can stay in touch besides social media. Um, or Hey, I would love to help or sit with you and do calls or what. I don't know. And I'm like, I don't have anything for you. Basically. I don't know. Catch me in the next city speaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Yeah. So then I started praying about it again and I'm like, what else, what else, how can I coach women or how can I help women? And then coaching came. And then it all started around me helping women with meaningful success, which is really at the time was like helping women go from career to calling yes, and helping them actually stand, like actually figuring out what they're called to do, not what you think you should be doing, not what's going to make you a lot of money, but you're miserable not what your spouse thinks you should be doing, not what your girlfriends are doing and you want to copy them, not what your degree says and you're miserable, but like, what do you want to do? What lights you up? What are you called to do? are you willing to take the leap? How do you take the leap? How do you strategize? How do you plan it out? All that. So. And
0: is that something that you feel like was sort of your story so you could kind of pass it on to others? Or was it because sure. women were coming up to you and being like, I am in a dead end life and i'm i'm i i got to have more or like what what was the impetus for starting like kind of this meaningful coaching this
1: coaching it was that it was the fact that i had went through it it was a combination of both women were asking for help over and over and over and i had went through what they were asking exactly me to help them with were doing, yeah yes because i'm a firm believer i can't coach someone on something that i have not experienced or that i'm not somewhat ahead of them in
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and that I've actually crafted and perfected myself, so it started my wheels turning. So I started like creating stuff and curriculum and that fear to faith cycle that we mentioned. I spoke on it last night. I teach on it. I coach on it. I yeah, speak so on it. We're gonna get
0: into that next because I really want to get into that. But yes,
1: yeah. So, so you it was that
0: materials you started. There you go. Coaching, coaching women
1: yeah. Yep. And then as I started helping women and coaching them around this, at the end they'd be like, "Okay, Tasha, but how do I sell it?" Like. This is all great. Now I have this plan. I know what I'm called to do. I love it. I want to do it. I want to share it. But how do I sell it? How do I even talk about it? What if nobody supports me? All these things. And I'd be like, oh, I don't do sales anymore because people knew my background was in my bio. So I was like, I don't do sales anymore. I'll send you to a business coach. Well, the problem was is that business coaches don't really teach on sales. It's not like their one main lane. They'll teach a slice of it, but it's not their main lane. And then a friend that we both know, um, Becky Harrington. I
0: love my Becky.
1: Love my Becky. That's my girl. She she literally was like, "Hey, the spirit. I have something in my spirit that's speaking to me. Do you want to listen? Are you willing to listen?" I was like, "Yeah." And she said, "Why are you not serving women in the way that they're calling you to? Why?" And I was like, "Uh." did yeah, you didn't like, probably
0: have a reason that you weren't doing
1: it. Well, you know what it was? Once I started digging to it, she was like, I feel like that's a matter of the heart. There's something there around maybe your previous job. And I was like, it dawned on me. It was like, I hadn't processed or let go. I thought I had, but maybe not in the way that I really needed to, is that I didn't feel like because that had been taken away from me. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that I could show up for women in that way. It was like, oh, somebody told me, nope, you can't do that anymore. And in my mind, I was like, okay, that door is shut. I'm not going anymore. I felt hurt, pain, ego, pride shattered. Huh? Rejection. Yeah. Yes. Rejection. And so I didn't even realize it. Liz, I would have been on my way just doing my thing. I didn't even realize what I was doing. that's
0: wild because if you think of your whole career, I mean, yes, they took your brass ring away from you, but they didn't really right? You still achieved those things. You still were a huge success in that field. So that's crazy that you kind of shut the door on it and said, well, I mean, part of it also could have been like, you know what? Screw you. No one's going to have this, <laughs> this part of me because I'm not letting you in there again. But also just to say, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Like, I mean, who cares what they said? You had this whole entire career.
1: Yeah. You know, I think of it success. was the pain, Liz. I think it was a pain, honestly, that like being the minority working so hard to get to that position. And after that, like it hurt. Like I tell people, I'm like, I'm honest. It was like a slow death. Like it was like losing your, your status, losing that financial stability. um, It stripped my ego pride. I'm telling you, it was the best thing that happened to me, but when it happened, it hurt. Oh God. It hurt. And so I hadn't really dealt with that. I had said like, Okay. I'm letting go of that. I'm moving forward. And that's the way I felt like I just kind of dealt with it. It's like, close that door, move forward. Right. Right. But what I didn't realize is that I was cutting myself off in the gifts that I have around that level of expertise when it comes to sales and not serving women in that, because I hadn't dealt with that. And it was Becky and I, long conversation late one night going back and forth around it. And then I made the decision. I talked to my husband about it, prayed about it, made the decision to pivot, worked with my branding and marketing manager and made the decision to pivot to start serving women and fully moving over into sales coaching. And it just, it took off.
0: Yeah. Well, that is your wheelhouse. Well, let, I want to talk a little bit about this fear to faith cycle. This is something that you are big on. You you you, yes. you, you preach it and you teach it. Yep. Um, and I... I feel like this is such an obvious thing going on right now where a lot of us are feeling, I mean, I have my good days and my bad days. You know, sometimes I wake up and I think the world is full of possibility. Everything's going to be fine. And then other days I wake up and I say, "I like, I literally feel physically unable to move. Like, I don't even know. I start milling around. I don't know what I'm doing in my house for the 900th day. (laughs) So I, I feel like this is whatever. We all have a lot of fear going on right now. And, and I know you've been there because of your story. Yeah. What can we yeah. do to take action even when we're scared? Tell us about this kind of fear-to-face cycle.
1: Yeah. Okay, so... With the fear to face cycle, it's like five steps to it. One is the life event that starts with your life event is the thing that kind of rocks you, knocks you off your feet. It can be a loss of a job, loss of a marriage. It can be, um, it can even be a positive thing like having a new baby, getting married. Is that anything that happens to you or the situation that we're all sitting in right now with coronavirus where it literally just takes you off kilter, knocks you off your feet, you feel unsteady and it just feels hard, right? Then you have fear, which is really the main focus around this cycle is fear. and It's really understanding fear. Mm-hmm. And The first thing I always tell women or anybody that I speak to or coach with is that fear, you need to understand that fear is actually a natural survival instinct. There's nothing wrong with you because you're experiencing fear. It's natural. But what you have to recognize is what's the difference between real fear and false fear, right? So real fear is you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, right? You're getting kind of close. It's it, There's rocks there. It's slippery. And you're like, OMG, if I slip on a rock and fall off this cliff, I'm going to be dead. Well, right. exactly. Your body needs to show up for you in that, extent, in that situation to let you know that's a dangerous situation. Fear shows up. You need to back up, right? right. It protects you. It's your survival instinct. False fear is where the subconscious mind comes in and starts playing games on you. So that false fear is those little voices that you hear in your head that come from the subconscious that are like, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not capable of being successful. Um, I will never have enough money. Whatever the negative things is, I don't like my body. Whatever those things are that loop for you, that pop up, and they usually show up when you're about to level up, when you're put in the situation to pivot when you're put in a situation where you have to grow, you're put in a situation where you have to make big decisions, that is when fear shows up. And the biggest thing that I tell people is it's not a wrong thing that you're experiencing fear. The key is, is to actually flip to your conscious mind and recognize that fear is showing up and that your subconscious is sending you these messages in your head and to actually listen to it, recognize it, and then process through. So it's not about fearless. Being fearless is a buzzword. Sounds great, but it's not realistic. But it's all about how do you move through the fear and what do you do with the thoughts when they show up? Right. And so here, let me give you the definition of the subconscious because this is, I think is really important. So neuroscientists has actually studied that 95% of the time your subconscious is running the show when it comes to your mind, which is kind of scary. Not kind of, it is scary. Yeah, it's scary. And to me, I was like, what the heck? The subconscious is running the show. But if you think about it, we're humans, Liz, that are very, very distracted. You know, we drive the same route or whatever, and we're doing 20 million things in the car. And you're like, I don't even remember passing whatever that you always pass, right? Because we're not operating conscious. We're just on autopilot. Subconscious is dropping in. You're thinking about other things. You're not focused. And so your subconscious is, is of or concerning the part of the mind of which one is not fully aware but which influences one's actions and feelings. So bottom line is you're not aware of it, but guess what? It affects your actions. It's running and your everything. It's running everything. Yes, yes. So for me, I was like, wait a minute, how can I be become more conscious where I am present and I'm actually catching these thoughts that are dropping in? And then how do I process myself through them, right? And so what I tell clients and when I speak is, one of the number one things you can do is, recognize be conscious recognize when the thoughts come in and then ask yourself this one big question so let's say the thought is dropping in that like i'll never be successful i'll never be good enough um whatever right the one question you can ask yourself to pivot is is a recognize the thought but then say to yourself ask yourself this question is it true and insert your name is it true natasha that you'll never be good enough and that you'll never be successful or whatever, insert whatever the subconscious is saying to you. And then at that point, you need to answer yourself. And the answer is going to be no. You know why? Because I've never done it. Whatever the thing is that I'm facing, I've never done it. So I don't have proof to back that up. And so if you don't have the proof, then you have no choice than to not believe it. And so then how do you take it a step further? How do you change your mindset and take it a step further is, is you want to take one small action step, that moves you closer to whatever it is that you desire, whether it's wellness, success, building a business, being a better mom, whatever the thing is, what is one small action step that you can take because your mind believes what you tell it yeah, and it looks for proof to back it up.
0: Yeah, and I think you know what. Even just relating it to what's going on right now, I think a lot of people are really worried about their finances and their you know job sure. or lack thereof a job. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice because if you think about it, some of these thoughts we're thinking about are like more kind of like, will I ever have a job again? Will I uh, you know will I ever be fa- financially stable again? And those yeah. are not. Those are thoughts that we're going to have. You know, we're going to have thoughts like that, but to have to work through that and to come out the other side, but also to think of things like, you know, there is a future. Things are going to change. Things are temporary. You know, nothing ever stays exactly as it is, you know, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I like that as, as, you know, just as something simple, like a small action of like, I'm going to print out my bank statement. I'm going to print out my bank statement. That's the step I'm going to take today. And I'm going to look, at what's on there. Yep. And I'm going to look for things that I can kind of, n- non-essentials, I can kind of take off. Maybe any automatic things are going through my bank account that are going to really drain me a little further. Or I'm going to look at the stock market today. I'm going to look, I'm going to see yep. where I'm at, and I'm going to get a picture of where I am. And just taking a little little step to not scare the hell out of yourself, but to take a little step towards you know, what you need to do.
1: Yes. That's it, Liz. And, it, and it's making a conscious decision to not run yourself down a rabbit hole right because in these times i just want to acknowledge though that those real feelings those feelings are real right of omg finances my job my business whatever but it's what are you going to do with those thoughts cuz you all we all yes. get to make a decision to pivot every single one of us has the opportunity to change our perspective to change our mindset and to pivot And it doesn't matter what situation you're in, whether it's a loss of a child, a loss of a job or being in coronavirus, it it does not matter. We all are capable. We all have the opportunity and we all really owe it to ourselves. We have the responsibility to do that for ourselves again, to rise up and choose how you're going to walk this thing out. And I think Tiffany said it at the last thing, do you want to come out brilliant or broken? That's a choice. That's a choice. And you make the choice every day right now. Because the choices you make right now are what is gonna affect you three months from later, for three months from now, when we're out of this or whenever it is.
0: Well, that's what I said too. Like, what do you want this three months to be about? Do you want to come out of it and then just like literally open your eyes and you just don't even know what you've been through? Or do you want to be building in this time? Do you want to be planting seeds? I was talking to my friend Anita this morning. I said, What seeds can you plant now? I know a lot of your business stuff is on hold. What seeds can you be planting now that you can reap the benefits of in a couple months when everybody comes out? Like let's, let's think of the the seeds that you need to plant. And you know, even listening to, I love to listen to my, my lady Mel Robbins. I love her Mm -hmm. thing on turbulence. Like you're on a plane. Nobody likes turbulence. Like we're right now on a plane, turbulent, up, down, big shifts. But guess what? We're going to get off the plane. We're going to get to our destination. So if we know that, if we know we're going to get to our, we are, we're going to get to the destination. Then you know what? This is turbulence. And some days are going to be up. Sometimes it's going to be smooth. Sometimes it's going to be real shaky. And some days you're going to feel good about that turbulence. And you know what? Like whatever, I know what this is. I've been through turbulence before. And some days you're going to be scared witless. But we are going to reach our destination. So as long as you can know that and know that this is turbulence and temporary, you can get through it.
1: Couldn't have said it any better, Liz. Yeah. That part. Yes. might yes. drop. That part.
0: Yes. But I, but I want to know, how, how can people work with you? Because I feel like right now is probably, it's, it's, a, it's a seed planting time, people. That's what I just told yes. you. It's time to plant the seeds. So if people don't want to work with you, and, uh, and, and tell us also how we can work with you. So like if like, let's say we, we contact you and we want to work with you. We're planting seeds. What are the different ways we can work with you to kind of help with us planting our seeds?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I do sales coaching um, and really meaningful success is still, it's still in there because that never changes, right? Because I'm like, listen, you can't sell something you don't believe in that you're not called to do, that you don't love and that you're not passionate about. And so my whole sales coaching firm is all under the umbrella and the title of selling with heart, not hustle. And so if anybody wants to work with me, the way that that looks is number one, you would just set up a free strategy call. You can get the link in my bio from Instagram. Which and I'm going to put it on the show notes too. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Natasha Hemingway with two Ms. Um, you can go there. You can go to my website, which is NatashaHemingway.com with two Ms. It's all the same. Um, and fill out a strategy call form. We'll get on a call 30 minutes and literally talk about what you need. What do you need right now? Where do you want to be? Um, What are you struggling with? What needs to happen? Do you have a sales process in your business or do you not? Because a lot of women don't like talking about sales. It makes them feel uncomfortable. They don't feel capable. They think it's something that somebody else is good at and they're not. I'm like, no, it's a skill set. Yes. And your business has to have a sales process because otherwise you're winging it. And sales is one of the most important pillars of your business because here's the deal is, we as women build businesses we're passionate about, but passion does not equal profit. You must be- I wish it did. <laughs> right? am all Liz. I wish it I'm did. Rich. i would be rich. i would be rich. But passion does not equal profit. So we must be responsible business owners. We must be CEOs and own our business and have sales processes in place that allow us to sell. Um, and, and figuring out your own authentic sales voice is important too, because people want to get scripted or sound like somebody else. I'm like, no, no, no. You need to sound like you. Um, and then understanding how to actually sell in your business. So that's pretty much what I do is helping people establish sales processes, helping them establish their authentic sales voice. Um, and then achieving meaningful success, right? Like that matters. Um, that matters and it looks different for everybody. And so that's what it looks like. Sometimes it's a three month, um, situation where I work with people or it might be a six month and, and believe it or not, I still have clients. I have just had one that just signed a contract yesterday. Because people who are wise or who are in that position where they're like, okay, I know this will pass and their mindset's already there. This is going to pass, but this is what I need right now. And so there's either one-on-one coaching or I have a new online group coaching program I launched last month that I've been working on for three months where it's a group coaching program called Hello Clients, Hello Cash. And so that's another option too. If one on oh one, my gosh,
0: it. I love this. Okay, so I'm going to put all that in the show notes so people know yeah. exactly how to contact you and reach you and how to work with you. But I think er- everything you're doing is so valuable in our seed planting time. I must say. Okay, we're on to our speed round now, Natasha. Ooh, you know, it's my favorite time, my speed round questions. It what was- is a mantra or quote you live
1: by? Oh, okay. So I love. Maya Angelou. It's like one of my favorites. And I, I'm like, Oh, pick one. I know. Really I love her. Hard. Okay. But this is one, I would say this is one of my favorites. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that speaks to my Enneagram two helper coaching, speaking self. Like that speaks yes. to my soul is that people matter, right? And the way you treat people and how you make them feel, whether it's in your business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your family or friendships, like it matters. And so it's not so much about the things that you say or what you did or your achievements, but like, how did you live? Like, did you live well? Did you treat people well? you know, what do people say about you when you're not around? Like that matters. And I think that all stems from how you make people feel. How do you treat people? How do you, do you love people well? Because I think now more than ever, we're starting to understand that we are, we are made for community. We are better together. We are meant to be connected and in community. We're not meant to do life alone. And I think yeah, people are really no, seeing the importance of that now.
0: A hundred percent. And we need to be checking in on each other. Make sure, that I want you all to promise me this week that you're going to check in and on at least three friends, not a text, a call. Pick up the phone, call three people. It could be your mother, could be your sister, but maybe some friends. Pick up the phone, call three people. Okay, what that. simple thing do you do for yourself? Like a self-care tip that you have for us?
1: Ooh, a self-care tip. Okay. So this might sound kind of nerdy, but whatever. It's me. I do not watch TV. However, I love documentaries. And so my self-care thing is putting my son to bed. My husband goes to sleep super early because he goes to the gym super early in the morning. And for me to sit back and just watch a good documentary uninterrupted.
0: I love it. I by my love
1: dad it. himself. <laughs>
0: You know what? One of my earlier guests on this podcast is Patty Ivans, and she makes the most amazing. She's done some of the most amazing documentaries. You have to look up her one. It's called Hungry, and it's about oh, mm-hmm. these uh, women in the restaurant business. So, oh. and I, I'm pretty sure it won an Emmy. You know,
1: so you can. Oh, where choose. is that? Is it on Netflix? I, where I'm you obsessed.
0: I, I, I have to find out where it is. I think it's on. Uh, I think it. I think it was originally on Logo. We'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But okay. Hungry. Amazing. Okay. What makes you feel unstoppable?
1: Oh, what makes me feel unstoppable? Okay. When I get to help another woman, like when they say yes to coaching with me, it's a trusted relationship. It's intimate, it's trusted. And when I help them and I see them win, I'm like, Yes, I'm, I'm literally like this on my Zooms with him. I'm like, <laughs> yes, you're doing it. I'm so proud. Like, I that right there is like, keep going, Tasha, keep going, Tasha, because I understand the work that I do impacts lives. It impacts and shifts and changes and pivots lives. And so I never take my gifting that I've been blessed with, I never take it for granted. And so it keeps me motivated to show up even when it's hard, when I have to do the back end stuff or the stuff that I like to do. It, it just keeps me going because i'm like my calling is not about me but it's about countless lives that it will impact and serve so that's my jam
0: oh i love it i love it who do you most admire
1: oh my mom hands down my mom is a warrior woman oh tell me she's next level she's next level okay so my mom um she's an only child i'm an only child my mom lost her dad i think when she was around 12 and then in when she went her first year in college, she lost her mom to breast cancer. Oh. Yeah. Then her and my dad got married later in age. And then they had me. And then my dad passed when I was two months old in a car wreck. Oh. And yeah. So my mom then raises me on her own, busting her tail. Um, after she had me, when my dad passed, my mom... Was a nurse already, which back in those times, honestly, being an African American female and a nurse, like having a degree in a specialty like that was not common. Um, she still tells me about times like, oh, yeah, I have to like eat my lunch out in this certain area because you weren't like, it's oh my just God. Oh my God. Yeah. And then so my mom has me, and then she decides to go back to nurse practitioner school. So she moves us from Maryland after my dad passes back to Anderson, South Carolina, which is where I'm from. And my grandparents lived on this one street, both my grandparents, both set. Well, one, I call my grandparents, but it's really my mom's aunt and my great aunt. So they lived on one end of the street. And then my dad's mom lived on another end of the street. So my mom went to school, nurse practitioner school in Atlanta. And so she would drive back and forth two and a half hours. So she would go to school during the week drive back two and a half hours on the weekend to take care of me, wash my diapers, because back then it was cloth diapers. You know what I mean? God, Like take care of me, see me. And then my grandparents would alternate off weeks, keeping me while my mom was in school during the the week. And then so we get to me being in high school and then my mom gets diagnosed with breast cancer.
0: Oh my God. And
1: yeah, so the fear, the panic that welled up in me is like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose my mom. And my mom like shifted because at that time, back then- Breast cancer in the African-American female community, you just don't talk about it. It wasn't talked about. Women would hide it or they wouldn't go get checked and then they would die from it. And my mom's like, wait, something's wrong. Like this is preventable. There's, this is preventative, excuse me. Um, There needs to be an awareness. So she started speaking, speaking at churches all across the area um, and just raising awareness. And then she started with the American, uh, with the Anderson Cancer Association. She started their first support group called One and Eight. In South Carolina, in Anderson, South Carolina, in our hometown, around with some other women. And so she's just wow,
0: like, she Natasha, me. she is a warrior woman.
1: Now, so see, now you see where I get it from. Like, oh, I, yeah. I there it's just in me, like, I have it is I in feel your like
0: DNA, DNA, yeah. warrior woman blood,
1: right? When you see someone like that forge life ahead and you see them hit things and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. I mean, like, how could I not? Right. It it would really be, um, it would just be, I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't even be right if I didn't honor my mom and live out a life um, to be able to push through grief and loss. And, you know, so it was 1,000%.
0: You learn from the best. You learn from the best. What is exciting you the
1: most right now? Oh man. What's exciting me the most? I'd hate to say, I mean, but I gotta be honest, like, cause I talk about it nonstop is the women that I get to serve, you know, like that, it lights me up because they say yes to me. It's not me just saying yes to them. They say yes to me and they trust me and we just have this relationship and this bond and it's, it, it. I get so excited. I no, do. I
0: have to tell you, every time you talk about it, your face is so lit up. I believe every word that you're saying that you are lit up. You are it. lit up. You are.
1: They are my people. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Liz. I feel better after talking to you. I feel like I've had a coaching a little bit. A little <laughs> coaching today.
1: <laughs> Liz, Liz, listen, listen, Liz, I love you too. And listen, the first time I met you and you emceed and hosted that women's empowerment event with Tiffany, I was like, man she is, there's just something about this woman, like her energy, her spirit, like your ability to pull a room, to make people laugh, to move people. But also you have the ability to, when you're on a platform, you still connect because you come, you take yourself almost like off the platform and you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to be honest. And Liz, like, we exchanged numbers. I was like, oh, I need oh, no. Yes. Here.
0: Oh yes. Oh yeah. I was like, come over here right now. And you're like, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Here's my number.
1: Liz, <laughs> I love you. And I'm so grateful that you are creating this, this platform for us to be able to stay connected to you and the gifting that you have to lead women, um, in this way. So thank you for doing what you're doing and keep, keep it up. We need your voice. We need your funny. Um, we need your vulnerability. We need your leadership. So thank you, Liz.
0: Thank you, Natasha. Oh my gosh. That was so nice. I, I I literally could talk to you all day, every day.
1: On, all right, it's cell phone you.
0: away. Thank you. I know you are your cell phone away, and you know what? She's a cell phone away for you too. I'm going to give you all her contact number. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank, thank, thank you, you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, remember to leave us a positive review because we can move up in the rankings and bring you more Warrior Women. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye.